So today we wrap up, uh, as we've been talking about, our Give series here at Connect. Uh, For four weeks now, we've been looking at how God gives to us so that we can can give to others and give back to Him. Uh, We've talked about the spiritual gifts that He gives us uh, to to give to others and how He calls us to, to offer our time and give our resources. So today we finish by... By focusing on perhaps the most important thing of all that we are called to give, and that is our faith. But while our faith is probably the most important thing that God wants us to give, I think a lot of us find that our faith is is maybe the most difficult thing for us to give. And so as we talk about that today, I'd like to identify several obstacles that that we face when, when trying to share our faith. And in order to do that, I'd like to use uh, the prophet Jonah. So here's how his story begins. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. So where did Jonah flee to? Can you say the name of that city with me? Ready? Go. Tarshish. I I just wanted to hear 400 people say Tarshish at the same time. Sorry. On a more serious note, have you ever been to Tarshish? Have you ever fled from God's command to tell other people about him. It's kind of like uh, when I tell Ethan to, to go upstairs at night because it's time to get ready for bed, and he just sprints in the opposite direction. <laughs> we do that to God, too. We know that actually Jonah didn't make it all the way to Tarshish. He tried to run away, but God wouldn't let him, and, and God doesn't let us get away either. But why do we try to run? We might think that one reason Jonah ran is because he figured he had better things to do. Have you ever maybe thought in those terms? Sharing our faith entails living our lives in accordance with God's will, and sometimes that's really not very fun. Buying a ticket to Tarshish is is a lot more of an adventure, a lot more appealing to us. God's claim on us, his expectations on us to to take him with us wherever we go can can start to feel a little limiting and and maybe inconvenient uh, for what we really want to be doing with our lives. You know, we heard Paul say today that, that he became all things to all people, but oftentimes we just want to be our own thing and, and not really worry about the other people, especially the ones who kind of annoy us. Sometimes we don't want to be blessed to be a blessing like Abraham was, like we read about this week. We want to be blessed, but we want to enjoy those blessings uninhibited and unrestrained. But as we've been learning about this whole series, our blessings are never given to us to keep to ourselves. Even our hope in the sacrificial love of Jesus, our salvation that was won by his death and resurrection, our victory over sin and death itself, all of that, even that, is meant to be shared. 
There is nothing better in all the world that we could do with our time and with our lives than vigorously make known the hope that we have. There is no greater adventure than to be vessels of God's powerful and saving love. Bearers of the fire of the Holy Spirit that lashes out wherever he wills and engulfs the hearts of all who hear and receive his word. As a prophet of the Lord, Jonah knew this very well. And in his case, it was actually not a search for his own pleasure that kept Jonah from sharing his faith. And it's not always our search for our own pleasure that keeps us from sharing our faith either. Sometimes it's because we're afraid. Jonah had every reason to be afraid. God was calling him to go into the midst of an enemy nation, into their capital city. And not only that, but as we read earlier, a day's journey into the heart of that city to proclaim some very bad news. We couldn't really blame Jonah if he was afraid of what might happen to him. He could be arrested. He could be lynched by an angry mob. He could be thrown into, into an Assyrian prison where he would rot for the rest of his life. Such things tend to happen when a, when a lone foreigner preaches a, a, a message like, uh, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. We could hardly blame Jonah if fear was what kept him from preaching his very unpopular message. Does fear ever keep you from sharing your faith as God has called you to do? Have you ever been afraid that your message will be unpopular so you keep your mouth shut? After all, nobody really likes to hear that their views on certain social issues may not really line up with the views of the creator of the universe. Nobody really likes to hear that their behaviors or their lifestyle might be at odds with God's design. People don't really like to hear that, that something is wrong with them, that, that they're not good enough on their own, that they are sinners who are in need of a savior. Sometimes we're afraid that what we say might be a bit too politically incorrect, a bit too offensive or, or distasteful to some ears. And so we figure we're better off not saying anything at all. We fear what people might do to us, what, what professional or social consequences might follow from our witness, the harm that it may do to our friendship or our family dynamics or our career. Still today, there are Christians that have to fear for their very lives if they speak the name of Jesus. The Apostle Paul had to contend with this kind of fear regularly, and uh, here's what he said in our key verse from Believe this week. Pray for me, that whenever I speak, I may be given words so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. May that be our conviction, too. But let's check back in with Jonah, though I'm sure he was incredibly afraid as he was being thrown off a boat into the heart of a raging sea in the middle of a storm. The scriptures make it clear it was actually not fear of what might happen to him that kept Jonah from speaking God's word. Perhaps then it was because he doubted the truth of God and, and the power for him to do what he claimed. This is the most plausible explanation yet because not only does everyone have doubts from time to time, but 
Also because it would have been perfectly reasonable for Jonah to have had misgivings about the Ninevites' capacity for repentance and, and reconciliation with the God of Israel. We ourselves doubt too, don't we? Have your doubts ever hindered you from sharing your faith? There's a song by the band Nickel Creek uh, called Doubting Thomas. It's a song that wrestles with faith and, and doubt and the challenge of sharing the gospel when maybe you're not even quite sure what it is yourself. And a couple of lines in particular from that song have been pretty convicting to me at different times in my life. At one point it asks, Can I be used to help others find truth? When I'm scared, I'll find proof that it's a lie. A little bit later, the song confesses, If there's a master of death, I'll bet he's holding his breath as I show the blind and tell the deaf about his power. Do you ever share your faith in such a way that that you can technically claim credit for it, but you've really never risked anything at all or really told anybody anything? This is what Jesus means when he says not to light a lamp and put it under a basket. But we sure have the urge to do that sometimes, don't we? Sometimes we doubt the efficacy of God's word. Surely there has to be something more than than just the bald message of the gospel to convince people. And maybe we don't have what it takes. Because not only do we ourselves doubt, we doubt ourselves too. Maybe we won't be able to represent God as he deserves. Maybe we'll say the wrong thing. Maybe they'll have questions or challenges that we won't be able to answer and it will just confirm them in their unbelief. We're not sure that we can tell God's grand story quite right. Not sure that we really have the authority to speak such a a devastatingly authoritative message. Not sure sure that we'll be good enough to, to capture their attention, much less their hearts. Guess what? We won't be. Not on our own, but we are not on our own. The Spirit of the living God goes with us, and it is not we, but He who has the power to change people's hearts. It just so happens that He promises to do that through our proclamation of His Word. A few verses after uh, the reading from Romans that we had in our Believe chapter this week, Paul says, Faith comes from hearing. And hearing through the word of Christ. Set aside your doubts. And just let the word of Christ be heard. Is that what Jonah did? Did he have to set aside his doubts? Well, not really. Because for Jonah, doubting God's power and mercy was never really a problem either. Let me finally tell you what Jonah's problem really was. Yes, he was skeptical, but not that God's message would be heard and have an effect. Jonah knew the overwhelming power of God's word. He had seen it time and time again in his career as a prophet. What Jonah could not believe as he was sent to Nineveh is that God would show mercy to them. This is why Jonah fled, not for any of the reasons we've mentioned so far. Jonah wasn't afraid the Ninevites wouldn't listen. He was afraid they would. 
Jonah wasn't afraid that, that they wouldn't repent and believe in God. Jonah couldn't believe that God would let them. And here's what happened. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew, he says it almost as if this is a bad thing, I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Here Jonah finally tells us why he fled from the Lord. Because his attitude toward Nineveh was an older brother of the prodigal son attitude, begrudging the father his mercy. Now in Jonah's defense, Nineveh was bad. Really, really bad. And, and contrary to what you may have seen on, on Veggie Tales, they did things far worse than slap one another with fishes. Assyria was a kingdom that was built on the blood of slaves. They were brutal, they were violent, they were merciless. Yet God invites their repentance. Hears their cry and relents. And Jonah can't stand it. Sometimes we have this problem too. Those people who have done those things just don't deserve the kind of loving relationship with God that we have. You know, that one person who hurt me so badly and so deeply will get what's coming to him. But God help us from ever thinking that we are too good for others and especially from thinking that Jesus is too good for others. Because if Jesus is too good for others... The only logical conclusion is that Jesus is too good for us. Jonah didn't believe the Ninevites deserved God's mercy. By the way, he was right. Neither do we. Mercy, by its very definition, is the refusal of the merciful party to give someone what they deserve. Do you deserve God's mercy? Of course not. Has God shown you mercy anyway through the death and resurrection of his son Jesus, claiming you as his own and giving you eternal life? Of course he has. And because God has not withheld his undeserved mercy from us, we have no right to withhold his mercy from anyone else, no right to pick and choose who is good enough for Jesus. And that is really good news. Because it means that Jesus will not let anyone keep us from him either. I have some more good news. It comes in two parts. The first part is that despite all of the obstacles that we've been talking about today, and despite all of our failures to overcome them, God is still going to use us. He did with Jonah. As I was reading through this, I found a note in, in the Lutheran Study Bible that I thought said it very well. Our life is like a tapestry woven by God. We are effective at making holes in that tapestry when we sin and follow our own will. 
God does not always protect us from ourselves so as to make the holes disappear, but he is skilled at reweaving the loose threads that we create and giving us a chance to move on with him and his purposes. God will preserve us even when we run from him, just as he preserved Jonah by sending a storm to intercept his escape and a fish to save his life. And God will preserve in us his purposes and the faith that he wants us to share, just as the fish he sent spit Jonah back up onto the dry land and God sent him to Nineveh again. A fact that I was reminded of this week is is that while Joppa was the port that Jonah set off from to try to avoid bringing God's word to the Gentiles. In the New Testament, Joppa is the port where Peter sets off from to bring God's word to the Gentiles. God accomplishes his purposes through his people, despite his people. And that's very good news. I wanted to share with you real quick a couple of ways that God's helping his people right here at St. Lawrence to share their faith and and the hope that they have in him. Our very own Laura Weiss uh, shared with me some pictures from a a mission trip she took back in January uh, down to Honduras, and uh, she gave me permission to to share them with you today. Uh, These were taken at a a place called Rancho Ebenezer, uh, which is a mission that that clothes and feeds and and educates and, and houses kids who have nowhere else to go. Uh, by the way, this is also where our Connect Coffee comes from, and, and this is the ministry that that is supporting. And, and I know Laura would be absolutely thrilled to tell you all about that if, if you see her around. So please ask her. She's, she had to go to an earlier service today, uh, but she'd be very happy to talk to you about that. This is just one of many great examples of serving as the salt of the earth in, in a city on a hill, in this case a city high up in the mountains in Honduras. Also, in, in just a couple minutes, we will be inviting several people forward to welcome them into membership here at St. Lawrence. And, and as we do that, uh, through the, the, the reading that we have as part of that, uh, we'll be reminded with them of the words Jesus spoke when he said that we are to acknowledge him before men. They'll be promising to do that just as we have. And uh, these individuals, their children, and each one of us have been commissioned by God to acknowledge Jesus in our actions and in our thoughts, in our lives, in our words, in in everything that we do. Now the second part of of the good news is just a closing reminder of, of what the good news that we share, the gospel what that's all about. We, we got a lot of that in our chapter for this week, didn't we? It is about God himself becoming sin so that we might become his righteousness. It is about God showing mercy to people as unspeakably depraved as the Ninevites, to people as unspeakably depraved as you and me. It's about the kingdom of God, a, a kingdom not built on the blood of slaves but on the blood of God's Son, coming to earth even now, including sinners like you and me in its ruling class. It is about light shining down into the darkest recesses of our souls, life reaching into the grave and pulling us out. You know, if God's word, Jesus, could do all of that, 
can't he still go into the darkest places with us, shed his light as readily as he shed his blood, and use us as he does it? Knowing what Jesus has done for us, how how can we not willingly be his instruments to share our hope with everyone we know? Like Paul said in our Believe chapter this week, Christ's love compels us to be his ministers of reconciliation. So with our Give series now at an end here at Connect, let it be just the beginning of, of a lifetime of putting your spiritual gifts to use for others, of offering your time, of giving your resources, and especially sharing your faith. May the peace of God, which transcends our understanding, guard your hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus our Lord, now and forever. Amen. And now we give.